I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 439. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. One of my favorite things to do is rehearse the goodness of God. And throughout the Bible, God calls his people to remember. And Chris Tomlin's song, Always, does just that. The lyrics rehearse the goodness of God. And while all the lyrics are a fabulous way to recite the works and characteristics of God, I keyed in on one aspect of God's nature to study this week. So before we dive into scripture, though, let's listen. I will tell of your wonders. recommend adding this song to your worship playlist. I could have gone so many different directions for this episode because it's that full of truth and scripture. I was actually inspired by the title, though, more than anything this week. And what is the title again? Always. There's a line in the song that unpacks it a little further. It says, you were, you are, you always will be God. And this speaks to the eternality of our God. God is eternal. He has no beginning and will have no end. He is everlasting. So this week, I took the bite of exploring a theme in scripture. And bite is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And while my favorite bite is to read larger chunks of scripture by reading in context, it's also fun to zoom out and explore a truth or idea that's repeated throughout scripture that provides the foundation for important ideas and beliefs. This is also known as theology and doctrine. And I want to take a minute to define these words for you, because if you are a Christ follower, they're probably thrown around a bit. And if you're like me, you might kind of know what they mean, but maybe couldn't explain it to your kids. So the word theology comes from two Greek words that combined mean the study of God. So Christian theology is simply an attempt to understand God as he is revealed in the Bible. 
And the study of theology then is just nothing more than digging into God's word to discover what he has revealed about himself. We talk about this all the time when we're reading larger chunks of scripture. One of my favorite bites also is to start with God and it is to refocus your attention and remember that God's story is about him and it's really not about us. So instead of going into God's word and looking for ourselves, we should be going into God's word and looking for him. That's what theology is, is a study um, of God. So one of my favorite outside resources is Wayne Grudem's book entitled Systematic Theology. And Systematic Theology organizes the teachings of the Bible into categorical systems. So if I'm going to study God's attribute of being eternal, I want to know what the Bible as a whole says about that. And so this attribute actually falls into the category of the doctrine of God, which leads us to the next thing that I wanted to define, which is doctrine. Now, the word translated doctrine means instruction, especially as it applies to lifestyle application. So these are the teachings that lead to lead us to understand what we believe and then lead us to act according to those beliefs. And the Bible has some strong words about doctrine in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. It says, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he's puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. <laughs> so uh, again, doctrine is a really important in scripture. It's um, maybe a word that's thrown around a lot and we kind of think we know what it means, but it's what we believe. It's our beliefs and, and that system that defines how we will act upon those beliefs. So when I pull out my systematic theology book, and that, by the way, was taking the bite of consulting an outside resource, and I turn to the section titled The Doctrine of God, it includes things like the existence of God and the knowability of God and God's communicable attributes. These are attributes that he has passed on to us as reflectors of his image. He also has incommunicable attributes, and these are attributes that belong to God alone, meaning we don't we don't have those same attributes. I mean, sometimes I act like I know everything, but only God is the keeper of all knowledge, right? So it'll also, um, this doctrine of God includes things like the Trinity and his providence and so on and so forth. So let's study God's eternal nature, his eternality, so that we can build our belief and our faith on what God's word teaches us. So Psalm 90 verse 2 reads, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now, in Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology book, he says this, God has no beginning, end, or succession of moments in his own being, and he sees all time equally vividly, yet God sees events in time and acts in time. I know it's a lot. Let me read it again. God has no beginning, end, or succession of moments in his own being, and he sees all time equally vividly, yet God sees events in time and acts in time. So while God is outside of time, he chooses to act inside of time because that's where we live, right? One of Job's friends says it this way in Job 36. He says of God, the number of his years is unsearchable. 
Yes, I agree. So uh, every once in a while, a topic like this is going to come up. And my daughter, Meredith, says it makes her head hurt to, to think about it. But let's do it anyway. Let's make our head hurt a little bit. We're basically trying to define an infinite God. Uh, but learning about and thinking on the attributes of God will only serve to draw us closer to him. So even if we can't arrive at a complete definition, of course we can't because he, his, his years are unsearchable. So to define that would be silly. But by, by going on this journey, we are going to draw closer to him. The clearer we see our creator, the clearer we can see ourselves in relation to the one whose image we bear. And I'm not asking you to do something crazy and new, because in the 1600s, in the Westminster Catechism, the answer to what is God was written like this. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And every adult and child was asked to know this. Um, So if you learned the catechism, the question would be, what is God? And you would respond with that answer. And did you notice that the our attribute of eternal was in there? So let's take the bite of defining a few words. Let's go ahead and stick with the catechism and look up infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. Now, infinite means unmeasurable, which is ironic that we're trying to define these words as a way to define God because definitions put limits or boundaries and God is infinite and boundaryless. I know, I know, I know. My head hurts too a little bit, but uh, infinite means immeasurable, unmeasurable. Eternal means without beginning or end. Of course, we can't measure him because he has no starting or stopping point to measure. And unchangeable is, of course, not capable of being changed or altered. So like Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus, is the same yesterday and today and forever. But I want to focus in on this idea of God being eternal. He always was and will always be. So if you break it down a little slower from that catechism, you could make a list and apply eternal to every aspect mentioned. Eternal being, eternal wisdom, eternal power, eternal holiness, eternal justice, eternal goodness, and eternal truth. And you can find scriptures that are going to support all of these ideas. I'm pulling out a few, um, but this could give you a great starting point in your own study to go a little bit deeper about the attribute of God being eternal. Again, God is eternal in his being. I think the quote from Systematic Theology speaks to that as best we can understand it as it relates to time. But God's wisdom is also eternal. It has no beginning and no end. And intertwined in that thought is unchanging. And so we're going to focus on that idea of how closely related God's eternal nature is linked to this idea of his unchanging nature in a minute. Now, God's power is eternal. It will not fail or cease to be what it was as revealed in Scripture or what it is today. It has not changed and it will not change. Uh, God's idea of holiness doesn't change either. He has not grown in his holiness and his holiness will not fade or dilute over time nor will his justice or his goodness. And and he's also eternal in truth. And let's talk about that for a minute. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8 says, um, and it's repeated again in 1 Peter 1, uh, 22 through 25, but it says this, All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. 
The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Don't you just love the contrast? You've got the temporal nature of people and the eternal nature of the word of God. And of course, we know that God himself sees his word and his being as one and the same. In in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And he's speaking of the Son, God the Son, and he, but they're using the title Logos or the Word. God, the Word, is eternal, standing forever. His Word stands forever, always Okay, so we mentioned that God's infiniteness and his unchangeableness and his eternal nature are all intertwined. And I love uh, that I found in Psalm 102 kind of where we see them all at once. In verse 25, it says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Now remember, that was the beginning of time for man, but God existed before that. And remember that time was a creation of God. After all, we get our days and our seasons and all of that from the turning of the earth's axis and its revolution around the sun and all that happened at creation. But God was outside of that. And so you get this sense that here he is. He was already on the scene and he laid the foundation of the earth. Um, They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same. And your years have no end. So he is um, no beginning and no end. He he um, is immeasurable, unmeasurable, immeasurable. He um, is also unchangeable. But then again, we see a contrast to the temporal nature of humanity. And here we see the heavens and the earth. But I don't want to leave out verse 28. That ended in verse 27 because it gives us kind of a so what for our discussion. Verse 28 says, the children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. All right. So let me read all that together again. It says, of old, you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. Now, I love what I read in a commentary over at BibleHub.com related to this verse, verse 28. And it said this, The eternity of God is the pledge for the permanence of his people. You might say, but but I thought we were grass. I thought you just said heaven and earth will pass away. I thought you said, you know, they're like grass and they're going to fade and blow away with, with the Lord's breath. Of course, yes, quite right. Our flesh is not eternal, but we are offered the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And um, so that we may, maybe not in this body, but we may live forever with him. First John 5 says it this way in verse 11, beginning in verse 11. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So remember, the eternity of God is the pledge for the permanence of his people. 
I know everything changes and I know it hurts us to see, you know, uh, a lot of us are are anti-change, especially if it's changing from uh, good to bad. Um, But everything changes except God. He's eternal. He has no beginning and no end. And But with that comes that unchanging nature in all things as it relates to God. Remember, God's character doesn't change. We've already talked about how God's truth doesn't change. God's ways don't change. His purposes don't change. And his son doesn't change. He's eternal, which is why the son is so inextricably linked to our participating in the permanence of our always God. If you've been waiting for a sign that you should surrender to the tug of the Holy Spirit of God on your heart to surrender to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, here's your sign. Participate in the always nature of our God by being found in his son. Don't delay. Surrender today for eternal life and a forever relationship with your eternal God. I'd like to close in the words of Paul to the Romans. Romans 16, 25 says this. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. So what's next? Well, explore God's attribute of being eternal this week and use our song to help you rehearse that idea all week long. And if you're not sure where to start, you can head over to Isaiah 40 or 1 Peter 1 or Psalm 90 or Psalm 102. These are all places that we kind of jumped into a little bit this week. Identify the characteristics of our eternal God you see there. And then use some of the articles found in the show notes to help guide you as well. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. My Facebook page, my public page is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And I would be honored if you follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneezat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week with those show notes of all the scriptures I use links to all of the articles, all the resources, all the books that I may have read this week um, in preparation for the podcast. And all of that is conveniently dropped into your inbox on Monday morning once a week if you um, subscribe over at michellekneezat.com. My featured free resource for email subscribers this week is a one-page PDF of my top five bites. Get Get started moving beyond merely reading scripture. You can start interacting with it and you can use this tool to help. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And with that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed lately, like Rhonda from Kansas, Tammy from South Dakota, and Carolyn from Nigeria. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, do that today, please, by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. 
It keeps me visible to new listeners, and I would be so thankful. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be featuring How Far by Tasha Layton to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 439. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.